talking about the things that make your home service business go. Marketing, finance, systems, people. This is the Fight Club for Business podcast. Oh, you did push them. <laughs> <laughs> this happens every week. I got to just have faith that someone's pushing the button because it's not me normally. Oh, well, happy Tuesday, everyone. Welcome back to Fight Club. Happy Tuesday. Happy to be here. We're excited to have y'all. And welcome to everyone, uh, new listeners, returning listeners. Uh, welcome back to Fight Club, the show for home service business owners looking to improve their marketing, finances, systems, and culture. We're a team of self-employed industry experts, and we get to be joined this week by two Rickies. So we have uh, Ricky, Reg, uh, Reg, I just pronounced it correctly, and now I made myself nervous, and I knew this was going to happen. Rigolato. 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 I just did it perfectly before the show went off. <laughs> Ricky Regalato and Ricky Funk, thank you guys for joining us. And I'm going to let you take it from here before I keep uh, talking and screw things up more. But can you guys just give us a brief rundown of yourself and your background in business? <laughs> Go ahead, Ricky. All right. So my name is Ricky Funk, and I'm the CTO and co-founder of Route. Uh, my background is technology. I spent 15 years in technology. But then one day I decided to open a cleaning company. And I spent uh, five years. I had a residential cleaning company. And later on, I had a commercial cleaning company. And then I decided to, uh, you know, take a leap of faith and join Ricky Regalado and Route. So that's where where I've been. No, he's got a he's got an even better story behind that too. But we'll, we'll we could touch on that later later in the show. But uh, so I started in the I'm in the commercial cleaning space. I started ten years ago. I bought a franchise, uh, coverall franchise. I learned very quickly the franchise space was not for me. I wanted to, to grow and scale past what I think franchise companies uh, normally do in our space. Uh, so we, family business, my wife, my mother, my cousin, we've got 24 family members today in the business. We've got over 300 employees. We're in 20 states. Uh, we've went from commercial cleaning to facility services management, uh, offer a shit ton of, of services. Uh, I think I'm very big on value-add services. Uh, then stayed in the cleaning space, developed, you know, launched the idea of Route. Uh, thanks to Ricky, we've evolved the business as well. We've got a podcast called Cleaning and Cocktails. We uh, do live events for the space. Uh, people would say we're trying to do too much, but I would say we're doing not enough for the cleaning industry. So uh, just happy to be here, happy to share the story and talk shop with you guys. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for joining us. And we're excited to kind of dive into all of our areas with you. But I specifically will be talking to you guys about marketing. And for new listeners, returning listeners, my name is Taylor Maroney. I co-own a family business in South Florida with my husband. And we have a pressure cleaning and paper sealing business. So I know that very well, Ricky. And uh, 24 family members, that's a lot. I think Martha's definitely probably going to touch on that. But that's that blew my mind. That's crazy. Um, but yes, I, I do handle marketing side of things. That's really, really what I love to talk to you all about. And my background comes from the design area within marketing that then developed into helping business owners kind of understand the numbers behind marketing and how to make decisions based upon those numbers. So 
super excited to be with y'all here this Tuesday morning and welcome back to Fight Club, everyone. Awesome. And my name's Megan Likes. I'm the, oh, Amanda. Go, Amanda, go. All right. Well, well, Megan's just great. And so she should really just go before me. But I'm Amanda. Um, I am the director of training at Power Selling Pros. And I help people win more moments, book more calls. And so I focus on the sales in this podcast. All right, Megan, you're up. I'm like her number one fan. I can't believe I talk over her. Uh, Amanda and Power Selling Pros have completely changed how my company does sales and how I even think about sales as a person and all of my language to be more inclusive. So sorry for that, Amanda. My name is Megan Likes. I'm the founder of Bookkeeping Academy Online. I educate and empower small business owners to know their numbers so that they can live more financially rewarding lives. I have a whole suite of businesses, serial entrepreneur, my favorite of which is my window cleaning company that I run out of Northern California called Jeff Likes Clean Windows and Gutters. I also have a full service accounting firm, Likes Accounting Company, and a whole bunch of other things that we'll, um, we might bring up later because I like this history of technology and this idea of software. Those have been trends of my year this year. So we're really happy to have both of you and welcome to the show. All right. And for those who are fairly new to the show, Amanda's fairly new to the show, and that's why Megan is in her habit of going next. And uh, anyway, they're still working it out. Um, my name is Martha Woodward, and I had a residential cleaning business. We did a little bit of commercial. Um, I had that for 13 years, and it was in a neighboring state. So I had to learn how to be an absentee owner really early on. And um, I am co-founder of Quality Driven Software, which is all about data, employee performance, and helping you build a happier workplace. So welcome to Fight Club, you two. And we're excited to dig in. The introductions are over. Uh, Tay, hit them hard with marketing questions. Oh, geez. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> but I, do, I, I will kind of... Um... I do want to start in the, you, we did t talk about a couple times already that you guys are in the Chicago, Chicagoland area. Um, and that's a massive market. So I want to kind of just let you guys talk about how you handle marketing in that big of a market. Because I hear all the time when it comes to certain businesses, say, I mean, in pressure washing in South Florida, you hear it all the time. It's saturated. Everyone's doing it. It's too big of a market, this, that, and the other. So I'd love to hear it from your guys' perspective, being in a very large city like Chicago and then adding in the suburbs and the additional neighborhood cities surrounding the Chicago area. What is that like marketing-wise for you? How do you guys even begin to approach that with such a large footprint for marketing? Uh, yeah, so for so we have multiple brands, right? But for let's talk about Rosalato, the, the commercial cleaning side. Perfect. We'll start uh, it, it's, yeah, it starts with the brand, right? Our, the the Rosalato R. Uh, and, and our uniforms, our approach, the, the people that we're hiring, they become our brand ambassadors. Uh, sorry for the L trains about to go over right now, okay. but um, Chicago, Chicago. So, uh, websites are great, right? Google presence is great, but you just, you said it, it's very saturated here, uh, but it's about people. This is a people space. This is a people industry. This is a people city. Uh, it, it is a lot about who, you know, and who you're mixed rubbing shoulders with. Uh, so, the organizations that are here in Chicago uh, are very important. Uh, you know, having a great website is home base, right? 
everybody always ends up finding us and seeing who we are as a company and our website. But we attend many events. Uh, we do as much PR as we can, right? Me, I've been in the Cranes 40 under 40. We did the Inc. 5,000 four years in a row. We use those accolades here locally. Uh, we push on the family business, uh, oriented, you know, the way we're a family-oriented company. But a lot of the thing is innovation, right? How we're using technology to differentiate. We're a small business. Uh, we're a $20 million a year company here in Chicago. May seem big, but it's still small compared to the guys here in the Chicago market. Uh, but the way we stand out from a brand perspective, the way that we lead with culture first, that is our marketing. Uh, we spend $0 in marketing. We have no advertising. We do no ads. We do no uh, marketing efforts other than our social media approach, the story of our company, who we are as a brand. I push the Latino card a lot, right? We're 80% Latinos in our business. Uh, so and a lot of women, you go to our office, it's women in our <laughs> office. They run, they run the show. But uh, it's my mom, my aunt, my cousin. So it's, it's crazy to say it, but it does end up getting us that foot in the door and getting us a seat at the table is when we share our story. The, the, the days of storytelling and branding with your story is bigger than ever now, uh, especially in a market like Chicago, because it's a very diversified market. It yeah. is. And that's, I would say that's one of the biggest things too. It's next to saying, you know, talking about the story, talking about how we're bringing in technology. And I'm assuming some of that is through route, that technology that you're bringing into the company. Yeah. Defer being in such a diverse market like Chicago, people, I, I, my dad's from Schaumburg. So Chicago has a really uh, close space in my heart. I have a really good friend that lives in Bridgeport. So for me, it's, I've been to the city so many times and I've seen that stories carry a lot of weight in the city of Chicago. It, and it's not oh, just, yeah. you know, just the story about how your day went. It's your family history, your heritage, where you came from, how you really developed this business and this, you know, whether it's a, a cleaning business, a bar, a restaurant, whatever the case may be, those stories mean a lot to the Chicagoans. And do you mind just kind of giving us what your story looks like in regards to the marketing aspect, how you guys kind of pitch that? Because I think yeah. that's something that really can resonate with a lot of people actually because they hear everyone say like, oh, talk about your story, talk about your story. But yeah. to actually hear someone's yeah. story and really understand how they use that in marketing we'll definitely be able to paint a completely different picture. So do you mind taking a couple of minutes yeah. kind of doing that for us? So, yeah, I mean, I, I would say, so we just did it yesterday, right? So I, I, I am focused, I'm, I'm, so for Rose Lotto, I'm the chief visionary officer, but for Route, it's my baby. This is where a lot of my focus is. My family takes care of the other companies, uh, right, Ricky? I'm, you know, he may say I'm, I'm always wearing a lot of hats, but so I literally just shared the story yesterday, right? There's a large medical office, property management company. They were in a, they have markets in Indiana, St. Louis, Austin. So here we are, a Chicago company trying to pitch their business in St. Louis. Uh, my team is there in person. I'm taking the call through Zoom. But I walk them through who we are, right? The slide, the presentations that we have. It, it's a picture of me, my wife, my cousin, my father. Early years cleaning, right? It's the, the, the company you're going to hire, the owners and the ownership and leadership cleaned first. That's how we know what clean is and the difference between clean and you know, just you putting a beautiful presentation together is we, we talk to talk. So we share examples of that when we're pitching. We talk about the moments that we had, the, the lack of common sense that I had. And when, you know, uh, you make a spill in a daycare center. I have a mop bucket in front of me. 
I went to go get paper towels. My wife said, what the fuck are you doing? You got a mop bucket. Mop up. The, no. Again, stupid little things like that. It brings them inside to, to early moments of when we had running the business. And we fast forward to, we use those moments in time to develop the acumen that you need to not only run a business, but understand the business. Because every person that we hire, we have a ladder of success. Janitorial technician, rockstar cleaning tech, inspector, trainer, area supervisor, area manager, regional director. So they love to see that. They love to see that there is uh, personnel development because what they don't they don't care as much. I got to be honest is, and it hurts me because I'm a tech guy, but they're like innovation is great, technology is awesome. But Ricky, cleaning is a people a people industry. I need to know that you're developing your cleaners to become something bigger and better. So showing them that that's part of our story is. Ownership started as cleaning. Our current C-level executive team all cleaned in the field. Our current middle management team started cleaning in the field. Ricky, a CTO, cleaned in the field. Like, you show that to them, they, they get a better respect for who it is that they're working with, right? Then we take them to how we innovate, right? And how we homegrown some of the technology that we created because we dealt with the personal pain points. Uh, we didn't have the business acumen. We didn't have the pedigree to you know i didn't go to an mba to get my mba in business like i learned it by doing the work myself and now we've built and scaled a business built on playbooks built on processes that we created early on and we show them that and we walk them through how we're going to process their building production rate that's great uh awesome i could spit production rate all day to you but how are we going to assess that and actually execute that that's what we're going to walk you through during the first 30 days of transition um, and here's all the ways we're going to do it. So I really, we go deep. We ask for an hour and a half every time we're going to do bigger presentations though, guys, right? It's not when I'm pitching a three, four day a week account, one location, very different than a portfolio, $2.6 million portfolio company. Absolutely. We're going to, it's a lot, it's a longer of a presentation, but people think we get deep, but I would tell you eight times out of 10, like my brother sends me a side message yesterday. He's like, Rick, they loved it. They appreciated the detail that we gave them. They appreciated the, the passion and the care that we have. And do we always win? No, but at least we know we put our best foot forward to show them who we really are as a company. And uh, if we don't win that one, they're going to remember us and we're going to get a shot at the next one. Absolutely. So it's leaving a lasting impression. Long lasting impression. That's, you took the words out of my mouth. Absolutely. You're leaving that that impression that lasts for a lifetime that even if they don't go with you this time, you know that you have the confidence that they will be able, you'll have another shot. You'll have another opportunity to make that impact again. And you have that name remembered because of the brand, because of the story, because of who you guys are at Regalado Cleaning. So I, I love this. This is probably one of my favorite things. I could talk about it the rest of the show, but I will probably get the hook here soon. So <laughs> I am going to kind of transition to Amanda because you did start to talk a little bit how that, transitioned into the sales process, how that started to turn into dollars, how that brand really starts to make the sale become a reality. So I'm going to kind of hand this off to Amanda and thank you both for spending some time with me in the marketing segment today. All right. So I love hearing your story. And I think a, a big thing in sales is it has to fulfill a need or you see a need and then you're able to to use that to sell the product. So I'd love to kind of hear the story behind what you saw broken or what was needed that led to route being created. 
perfect segue, Amanda. I appreciate that because I did want I, I did want Ricky to jump in a little bit on uh, Ricky. Like you know, we it's he's Ricky. I'm Ricky. It's you know, Ricky squared Farga. It was funny. I saw your guys' episode with the mix. It's like we're, oh, yeah. we're following that up with two Rickys. Uh, <laughs> I said that before we got on. I was like, I definitely said that too. I was like, is this a thing now? Is this like once yeah. a month you find two guys with the same name? Like, how'd that yeah. happen? No, that's hilarious. But no, yeah. So I'll I'll hit on it real quick, fuck man, and I'll let you jump in. Uh, but so the marketing aspect for Route has been we're building service contractors, building. Software for building services companies, right? We've been there. We've been in the shoes. We know the. We know how to walk the walk and talk the talk. Uh, we're almost so passionate. It almost like Jesus Christ, slow down, right? You know, I know you guys are building solutions for us. Thank you. But I would say, Amanda, how it correlates to sales, though, is is that that point is we, we understand pain points. I had the idea of route came up when I hit a plateau that every small business owner hits is I was too busy working in business, not being able to work on the business, right? We hear it all the time. But I, it came from sales for us. As my wife said, we were at 1.7 million. I couldn't gain more traction. And she's like, Rick, what, what, what are you doing? Like, you're coming home or you're going all day to do walkthroughs. Then you're coming home to work on a bid and you're staying up till one in the morning to send a proposal. This is your day every day of the week. You went from working more to working even more now. So dude, we gotta, we gotta fix this, you know? So I was like, man, there's, there's CRMs that are out there, but there wasn't anything that digitized the sales process. So I wanted to be able to share my knowledge base to the team and have everybody sell just like I could sell. Cause it's all formulas and numbers at the end of the day. It's in a walkthrough, you capture the photos, you're capturing square footage and you're capturing notes of a space and you're building a portrait with route we were able to do that across the country. So anybody across the country, if you're on my team, Megan could do a walkthrough in Florida. I could look at the walkthrough that she did. I have my metrics. I could bid that. And then Martha could do a proposal in Chicago because she sees all the data. And all that is, is dragging, dropping all the pieces of the proposal template. Boom. We are working together. So that increased our sales from 2.4 to 4.2 and then 4.2 to 7.9 in, in a matter of two years, right? Like, because we, we went from one salesperson to nine salespeople. All of my ops team can sell. My HR person can sell. Because the route in the, the, the bid tool is that. It's a guide. It's a tool. You guys can use it. And one day, you're doing walkthroughs for commercial cleaning. You don't have to understand everything. It's a step-by-step guide to, to take you through. Because, Ricky, this is a perfect segue for you. Is He came from residential. He was scared shitless on how to do a walkthrough for commercial because he had no idea you don't need it for residential. So, fuck All right. So, on the flip side, so we were talking about Chicago and the Martha market. So, when I had my cleaning company, I had it probably in the smallest town in Florida, in central Florida, uh, in Eustis. Eustis, Leesburg, Mount Dora. It's about 40 minutes north of Orlando. So, talking about a little bit about marketing, um, when I started my residential cleaning company and I used to be the guy behind the computer, you know, that was my background technology. One day, my wife and I, it really, the way that it started is uh, she used to work at a bank and she kept seeing this person coming in every week and depositing like a large amount of money. And she asked, so what do you do? Oh, I clean houses. So one day we were like, huh. So we decided to open our residential cleaning company and brand was everything to us. I mean, we look, 
we literally, so I, I joined BNI, which is like kind of like a chamber of commerce kind of association. And the first thing they asked me, they, they asked me, oh, so you're the, uh, you own the franchise, right? You're the regional. I'm like, no, what are you talking about? And this is, this is the first time that I'm a business owner. So I'm like, what are you talking about? And I look literally like a franchise. And I was just, uh, my wife and I were just the, the entire company. So we did residential for about two years and a half. And then as we were doing residential, I kept hearing about commercial cleaning. Oh, that's where the money is, blah, blah. But literally commercial cleaning for someone that's just doing residential, it looks like this big, bad monster. You have to use machinery like this and that, production rate, wow, what is that? So one day uh, I said, let me look up someone in Facebook. Let me find someone that knows what they're doing far away from Florida so they don't worry about competition. And randomly, I found uh, Ricky, and I said, uh, hey, can I give you a call? He's like, yeah, sure. And then I said, hey, do you mind if I go there to Chicago for a couple of days, one or two days, learn about commercial cleaning? He's like, yeah, sure, come on up. Literally, next day, booked my ticket. I went up to Chicago, learned the foundation about commercial cleaning, went back to Florida. I sold my residential cleaning company. I opened my commercial cleaning company. I was doing good, but then my software you know, I, that's my background. I wanted to do software again. So I started building my own software. And then one day I, I said to myself, you know, this guy, he got something going on. He's doing great. He doesn't know it yet, but he needs to work with me. So one day uh, I, I send him a message. I'm like, hey, uh, Ricky, uh, uh, I'll be in Chicago next week. I'll be in Chicago for business. Do you mind if, if I stop by? Yeah, say hi, blah, blah. Yeah, sure. I'll be there Wednesday. Hang up, book my ticket Wednesday, in and out, same day. I flew up there. Uh, I told him, you know, I showed him the software that I was working on. And from then on, that was it. That's when we decided to, to work together, Ralph. And, and really, I feel like our mission is to change the industry. We want to change the, the cleaning industry. You know, uh, with the tools that we're building, we feel that we can make a difference in someone's, not just someone's life and, and family, but when you become a business owner, you're responsible. You realize you're responsible for all these different families uh, that work for you. So if we can make a difference for a business owner, that means that we can make a difference for, you know, 10, 20, 30 different families. Um, so, yeah. Uh, and so funny enough, uh, we really haven't done sales in route, but, uh, I guess I'll let Ricky talk about that. Yeah, no, so Amanda, back to your question. You see how... You know, it all builds on each other. It all yes. builds, on, builds on each other. Yeah. No, no, but I would tell you, uh, yeah, so we have done a, a, just a shit ton of work on organic for route, right? And we've used and we've leveraged Rosalato, right? Ricky's got a great story too. We leveraged that. Uh, what you guys are doing with this podcast, right? A podcast, I will tell you, has been very helpful because it, it just gives us a platform to share more stories. Uh, but then in the return, what that does is it builds credibility, right? Mm -hmm. uh, to me, the cleaning industry, there are a lot of software companies coming into our space, but they lack the credibility of knowing what it is to really be a true blue collar, gritty cleaning business owner or home service business owner, right? Uh, it's the ones that have been there that are bringing software to life that are successful because they know what it is to be a plumber. They know what it is 
to have a residential cleaning company. They know what it is to have a virtual assistant and use it for their business and then turn around and build a software, right? So I would say our sales is different. In our, in our industries of home service and, you know, the facility services is what you can call commercial cleaning. I, you have to know what it takes to be in the ship, right? And, and know what it is to, to be side by side, doing the hard work to understand how you're solving somebody's pain points. Uh, and in the cleaning industry, the top three are sales, lack of understanding of uh, cash flow and business and money, right? Which Megan, I know we'll talk about. Uh, and then, the managing the process. We are not, we don't come out of college knowing how to manage HR, accounting, invoicing, HR recruiting. Like there is a shit ton of hats that we wear and 93% of the industry is operating under that million in revenue. So that is the core group that is struggling to get past that revenue mark. That's our mission that, you know, to, to help change that pendulum. And what you guys are doing, bringing this kind of a podcast too is like, Home service space is a big, a big indicator for that. So, again, love what you guys are doing. Uh, but sales, us knowing our stuff and knowing our space, Amanda, is the true sales behind what we do and what, how we acquire customers. I love that. I so I think what I'm hearing and what it boils down to is like know your value, know your worth, know how you're different. Use that and then ask. Right? You don't get what you don't yeah. ask for. And. Uh, Ricky there, like just going up to Chicago and be like, I'm just going to ask to shadow and follow along and look, look, look what came from that. So that led a really good segue. We kind of started going into revenue and money and that's Megan's specialty. So Megan, I'm going to pass it over to you. I'm frantically typing up notes. That was really good. Um, okay. I think I'm going to nerd out for, for a minute because I love making data-driven decisions and I feel like that's kind of a backbone feature of route. Um, I, we can go a couple different ways. Uh, and I, I want you to tell me which way you want to go. Um, when I, so we use a sales system for selling window cleaning. And when I found Amanda, I was like, this is the problem because it, it takes it, it like tries to train somebody to build a script, right? And you're, you're trying to tell a story and you're trying to build empathy and you're trying to go through those eight principles of the sales system, right? So we can talk a little bit about how you've, you've continued your storytelling theme into your software by creating a system because I love this. Everybody should be able to sell your services because they are our deputies in our company. They're the ones out in the field. They're the ones that can be knocking on doors and they're the ones that can build route density. Do you see what I did there? Route. Yep. I did it. Um, so I love this idea that anybody should be able to sell. So we could talk about that or we can talk about a closed price book. Uh, my company started with my husband doing estimates, pencil to paper, and he was really bad at math. And he would occasionally give a 90% discount, trying to give a 10% discount. And so I like this idea that there's like data, there's numbers. So for the entrepreneur who's like allergic to money, by closing the price book, we can take away the feelings and know this is how much we charge. This is how much it's worth. This is the value of our service. And we're going to just learn how to articulate that value and really upsell that. We can talk about that one. Or where I think I want to lead you, if I could just manipulate this conversation slightly, is rehashing this idea of following up. I don't think we're good at following up as an industry. I think we're really good at like, because we're not salespeople. So we give an estimate and then we like close our eyes and, and run away and say, call us if you want to do it. We don't do an hour yeah. and a half proposal. Nobody does that in our industry. And then after the proposal, like what is that experience of, you know, the client called you for services. The client called you because they had this need 
And until you help them with that need, we haven't actually helped them. And if we could start shifting our perspective of sales to helping our clients and our community, that could be helpful. And I know there's a ton of money in this idea of following up or rehashing. So which of those do you guys want to cover? We only get to cover one and I'd like for you both to be able to talk. So um, tell me. Well, I I would well, no, I think the, the later one, right? The, okay. the last one that you, that you touched on, I think. But I manipulated the it, Yeah, I influenced no, that one. Yeah. Because, no. yeah, I mean, well, in general, like, the, the sales approach that when we created Route, Megan, it's it really touched on all three things that you, you touched on, right? Um, but to your point on, on the last the last degree is uh, people are, are afraid of what they don't know, right? And then they think, you know, sales in, in the industry of our – in the cleaning industry – you, you think you're selling you're selling a service. Here's a line item. This is a service you offer. You call for janitorial. I'm going to give you a price for janitorial. So what we try to do with 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 route in general, route bid, right? The, the the solution that helps with sales is they called you for something, but that doesn't mean that that's all you could offer. When you're there on a walkthrough, again, you already impressed them because you're using a mobile app and you're taking measurements and you're cap- capturing notes and you're talking to them and it, the experience starts to change a little bit. For those that for me and for the ones that come back to us and the users are like, it worked, right? I'm like, what worked? It's, you know, elaborate. They're like, they saw I was already different when I was there using the mobile application. And then Rick, this is the stuff we love to hear, Megan, right? Is they, they went in there for janitorial, but when they were there measuring the floor types, counting the window panes, counting the air ducts to get high ceiling dusting, they went back and proposed to them a full facility assessment. And they said, Carpet cleaning is going to be this because I already measured the square feet. You didn't ask for it, but I know it. Stripping the wax is going to be this. BCT or tile and grout scrub is going to be this. You had 142 windows times two. This is boom. You gave them a full blown proposal. They didn't expect that. So right off the bat, they're like, wow, this is, I didn't ask for this, but you gave me all this. I'm curious about tile and grout. I had always been curious about that price. You know what? Let's check that box. Check that box. Um, I don't need that. I don't need that. I may need this in three months. Awesome. So at that early on though, Megan route bid, it, it only, it stopped there. When Ricky came in, it's really where he exposed a lot more areas we could have developed is the follow-up. hundred percent is we didn't have a follow-up solution in route in the first iteration of route. He came in with lead management, a light version of CRM, but what it did is it reminds you and it alerts you, Hey, you sent a proposal, you didn't win the whole thing, or you didn't win in general, you might want to follow up. And the beauty of capturing all that information, you guys, is in three months when they do call back or six months, they had a bad experience, they call you back. In nine months, the bid, the RFP's up, they're coming back out for RFP. You've got all the data. Your data's there. You don't have to go back and do another walkthrough where the rest of your competition is going back. And to end with, the data's only, it's numbers. It's there, it's good enough to what it looks like and it shares with you and you have uh, an assumption based on data. I would argue the new trend or the new evolution of data-driven should be data influence. And what I mean by that is data, again, it's numbers. It can drive decision-making, but this is a people industry. There are people solutions that come behind data where, for example, if it's a restaurant cleaning and it's 3,000 square feet, but you didn't realize that the garbage dumpster is a half a block away and then the floor grease that's in the kitchen there's a there's a grease trap that's broken and it's setting up more grease to clean up so you're hitting floors two or three times data tells you 
it's a production rate of X. You know the space and you know the people that have to service this account. It'll then influence you to make a, a different decision because of the data that you have. So I geeked out there a little bit too, but we could go a couple different ways. I want to give Ricky Funk a chance to talk, but first you said something that I've been trying really hard to do in my cleaning company. And so for the cleaning business owners that are listening is we are shifting the conversation from cleaning to maintaining. And this is something that we've learned from home service is something we've learned from maid service is we don't wait till it's dirty to clean it. We clean clean. But this idea of us moving from they called because they had a janitorial need to we're already there and we can look up like they called for window cleaning, but we can look up and really talk about that property and about that client and what their needs are. So I love that. And then because you started down this path and Ricky Funk, I hope you continue. I just want to put a couple of numbers to this. In my window cleaning company, on average, it takes 17 points of contact before we close a sale. And that's while we're working with power selling pros. So if you are stopping after the third follow-up because you think you're harassing the client, I'm going to tell you you're not actually helping them. You're not actually solving their need. They haven't actually gotten their home clean yet. And you don't have to do this very labor intensively. You can do this with automations. Um, and the impact of that, of having a proper follow-up system, is usually 10 to 20% increase in revenue without any additional expenses. So just by being systematic, just by implementing tools and, and software like this, uh, follow-up is all about helping that customer solve the pain point when they originally called you and really just being systematic about it. So Ricky Funk, I'd love to hear what you, we've talked about a lot of different, different things and we've avoided efficiency, which I know. Do, but tell us what you think. What did you hear? So, uh, hold on, I think I'm freezing. Okay, uh, I was freezing up. Uh, so I, I want to talk about the business side. I want to talk about the, the small business owner. Like we said, 90% in, in cleaning is under a million bucks. And sometimes uh, we feel like we're bothering, like you're saying, oh, no, I don't, I don't want to reach out again. You know, I'm going to bother them. You know, sales cycle, especially in commercial cleaning, it could take six months. It could take up to a year. I, I heard, uh, so someone from New York, that it took him about two years and a half to land one contract. But obviously when you land, you know, a million, 1.5 million contract, it, it's worth it. Uh, so... So, yeah, I mean, when you go do a proposal, I mean, that's just getting you to the starting line. Mm -hmm. You never sell. So another thing, and a lot of these uh, commercial cleaning uh, company owners, they do come from the residential side, which is a completely different business. People think, oh, it's just cleaning. So residential, commercial, they're about the same, completely different. Uh, and when we talk about sales, you know, residential cleaning, you go, you do a proposal, and they might say yes on the spot, and you're cleaning the next day, which commercial cleaning... You do a proposal and then you have to follow up and then you have to follow up. And after you follow up for the fifth time, the next thing is you follow up again for another 10 times until you win the contract. So you're never selling in commercial cleaning. You never, usually you never sell for today because 99.9% .9 of the companies that you're trying to sell to, they already have a cleaning company uh, and they might not need you today, but they might need you in six months. They might need you in eight months. So having these systems in place, having a framework that you can follow, um, and, and you can use different software to do this, but if you have a framework that, okay, we'll do the proposal, in the next uh, two weeks, we'll follow up with an email and a phone call. In the next two months, we'll follow up with a, with a postcard and a, another email. 
So if you have a framework to follow up and, and keep the discussion going, I always think about, so I went to this marketing seminar and they give the example of a plumber, right? Someone that does plumbing. When do we think about a plumber? When, we when do you guys think about it? It's always a bad day. Exactly. And always says like, it's always, a, well, she doesn't say shitty because she would never say that word, but it's always a <laughs> shitty day when you have to call the plumber, you know, it's, it's never a good day when you got to call the plumber. <laughs> Right, Sorry. you you never you, you never think about a plumber unless unless you need a plumber. Like you're not thinking, oh yeah, oh yeah, this plumbing company. You never do until you have a problem. So think about the the problem that they have for marketing that they have to stay top of mind for people that don't really need you. So if you approach it that way, um, you know you can set up a newsletter that goes once a month. Talk to property managers, but don't talk about cleaning. Talk about stuff they want to hear. They, you just want them to think about your company's name when they look, when they do need cleaning. When they're like, oh, I'm not happy with you know the way that this company is performing. Oh, uh, Meg, Meg's uh, cleaning company. Yeah, let me reach out to them. Uh, so Tay, yeah, I'm in. Matt, Tay, I've been trying to beg Tay to set up newsletter, educational newsletters for years. Uh, I love but this. I was, oh, I was going to say something, Megan, too. So, so you guys are talking about so. Follow up is not just in the first sale, though. Uh, remember, I think I said so. We do like twenty different services for our our companies or our our clients. Is you know, it's cleaning is the entry. It's the it's the way in. It's again, it's the lowest margin, but it's the way to get a, a foot in and gain the trust from the client. Because then next, you should be thinking about uh, you know landscaping, snow plowing, HVAC, electrical, you know. Everything within a facility you can do or you have a partner that can do it. So when you said look up, literally when our second day of training with our cleaning technicians, we train them to look up. Look down, look up. Look up. If there's a ceiling tile that has a stain, notify us. If there's a light bulb that's out, notify us. If there's a door handle that's not working, notify us. Because then our internal team notifies a client, hey, do you need additional handyman or maintenance services? We can dispatch one of our technicians out there. So our technicians are technicians. So cleaners shouldn't be looked at as cleaners. Cleaners should be janitorial technicians because the technician part helps them gain that value of their troubleshooters. They are solving problems for you in your space. Not everybody's going to do it. Don't get me wrong. You know, I'd be lying to you to tell you that everybody fucking looks up. I'm sorry. I swore. But, uh, <laughs> sorry, but, but it, Yeah. I, mean, I swear a lot. I'm sorry. It's okay. Uh, so do I. So, do I. Yeah, so but think about like, but the ones that do, the ones that do end up being that first person you're going to call to be an area supervisor. They're going to be that next mm -hmm. person that can become a manager because the fact that they are looking up and the fact that they are giving you the ability to give that client more value because they're there in that space. I mean, talk about and, and value add. And it's a follow-up. And you're, yeah, helping you're helping They can't yeah. have their eyes on everything. So if we can shift this yeah. conversation from sales to helping, just serving, home service. We're serving the client by maintaining their property. I love that so much. Um, so many good takeaways from this segment. But if you are not following up, uh, Royce Ard, kind of a legend in the cleaning industry, has a seven-year follow-up sequence that he still runs because you want to be there. I also love, I heard Ricky Funk say, like, the people that you're selling to already have a cleaner. 
why is that deterring you? Right. You're you're available. You're going to stay present. You're going to stay top of mind. And I, there are systems that can help you do this. This doesn't have to be labor intensive. This doesn't have to be manual. Um, I wish that we could keep going because I have like three other things I want to pivot to. But I'm going to pass you to Martha so she can talk about people. And uh, thank you both for your help in the money section. Man, I'm like you. There's a gazillion topics. Um, but let's start with so you mentioned residential and commercial cleaning are completely different animals. And I would absolutely agree. Um, why besides, well, the money I know is coming, but why would a residential cleaning company need or want to start commercial cleaning? Um, so I'll, uh, I'm, I'm not muted right now. So, that's a good question. I mean, most most residential the residential cleaning companies that I talk to, they already do some small level of commercial cleaning. Mm -hmm. Now, I, I have a high level of respect for the people that actually do just residential and they make it work and they they succeed because it's difficult. It's it's a hard industry. You have to deal with uh, employees, with clients. Residential cleaning is a lot more picky than commercial. You know, uh, we have you have it's their home. You know, it's right. different than when it's their office. Um, so why? I tend to say commercial cleaning, more money, less headaches. It, mm -hmm. It's an easier for me. It's an easier way to scale. You can scale commercial, residential, unless you start going, you start expanding to different cities, you, you're going to hit a cap. Um, the, the moment for me, the, the eureka moment for me in commercial cleaning was... So I had my residential cleaning company. I had uh, company trucks. I had my office. I was so proud of my company vehicles until I realized, oh man, that's an expense. It's a liability. I have to spend a lot of money on them. Uh, but the, the moment that it was Eureka that I wanted to move to commercial was when I learned that, oh, commercial cleaning, you actually put all the equipment, all the clean solutions, everything in, in, in the place, in the facility. So it's like having your small little office at the facility. So I'm like, wait, so if I want to get started in commercial cleaning, I don't really need an office because that's their office. That closet, we were always proud of that closet because that's our office in the, in the facility. We don't really need commercial vehicles until we hit, you know, we start maybe selling floor services and all that. But when you just get started, you don't really need commercial cleaning vehicle because you tell your employees, you know, this is the facility that you need to go to. Go there, clean, where you're done, go back home. So it's a completely different business. And I feel... Uh, it's easier to execute as long as you know the basics. It's easier to execute than residential. Residential needs a ton of logistics. Commercial yeah. cleaning, if you go for the mid to large contract, man, it might be just one location where you make. I always tell people the first year that I did residential, I did 150K in revenue with 100 plus clients. The first uh, uh, commercial cleaning contract that I had. 150k, one client, one location. So that tells that tells yeah. a, a story. Yeah, and you know one thing I would say about it, and for a moment there, I forgot really what my segment is, and I'm about people and culture. I had my maid service hat on, um, but you know what I would say when you were talking, I thought the 
one of the common denominators in both residential and commercial that I found was both sets of people, they just want to be taken care of. They just want you to take care of them, their property. Um, and I mean, we all love feeling like you're easing my burden, whatever that burden is. Um, but I want to get back to, you know, my segment. And you mentioned right at the top of the show that you lead with culture. You, you don't spend a lot of money on marketing and everything you lead with culture. And that's absolutely in my wheelhouse. So let's, let's talk about that. What does that mean? Uh, yeah. So a lot of different meanings, right? Uh, culture to me is just the feeling you get uh, for who you are, who you are working with every day. Cause think about the, our office, the company that we have, especially on the Rosalado side, a lot of the team members, you know, family or not family, uh, they belong to a family, right? And we want them to become part of our family. So family is, is one piece, but team is even more stronger, I think, because take away the name, if you're not high performing, you're not, you're not helping the team, right? So culture is both family and team, in my opinion. And it's just having the desire and the passion to to everybody work together for the end result. And, you know, we have bad times, we have good times, we have some really bad times, uh, but it's the culture that we have and the core of our of us as, as humans with, within the company, it ends up pushing through all the negativity, right? Because there's a, there's a ton of negativity in the world. There's a ton of negativity in the business world, especially. Um, but we've led with positive vibes and it always outweighs the negativity. So, I mean, a lot of different meanings, Martha. Like, right. even when you guys are, even when you guys are talking about residential and commercial, we always went back because we did residential early on, and we cared about the logistics of it. Like, how can I fulfill a full-time offering for the team members that are coming into my company? It was difficult to get that on the residential side. We're on commercial, one account, five days a week, eight hours a day, boom, full-time. Like, yeah. They're, they're going to put their best foot forward for me because I made their lives, I changed their life by giving them a full-time opportunity. I showed them the path of success. I created them a roadmap. Uh, they're going to bust their ass for us, with us, because everybody's doing it. When you all work hard and stay late or come in early or work hard and play, you know, what do they say? Or work hard, play hard. Yeah. Uh, Everybody, everybody feels it, you know, that, that environment really does make an impact on the results that your team members uh, perform. And you mentioned high performing team, that it was imperative that you have a high performing team. How in your company do they know if they're high performing? Uh, when they don't hear from me. <laughs> <laughs> no, uh, I, I would tell you that it's not, it's actually no joke. Yeah. Less meetings, right? Like let, when we're meeting on things more often, that means there's, there's a hole, right? There's a gap. Uh, we, we, we've got to be working towards fixing some stuff. Right. Uh, but at the same time, uh, when they see the, that the results are, are people are working together. People are happy. People are, are, you know, all it's when, when there, when there is issues that are arising, 
that means that something's broken. Doesn't mean it's bad. I mean, you can, you fix everything, right? But that is when, you know, like either they've reached capacity, they need a resource, they need a tool, they need assistance, uh, but they need to, it, need, it speaks up for itself or at the same time, we're big on the people speaking up. It's the times when they don't speak up uh, that we know we always have to get back to the drawing board because as much yeah. as we preach culture, uh, you have to keep working at it though. Like you cannot be content you cannot be, in, in my opinion, absentee ownerism is tough for me because I love to be a part of everything that's going mm -hmm. on with the company. Um, but that's just me. That doesn't mean that it doesn't work in other areas. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, and you know, when you mentioned if they don't hear from you and that early on, and I think a lot of people do this, early on, my leadership style was really, I constantly nagged people. I, I felt like that was my job is to constantly nag them. Remember, don't forget about this. Remember, don't forget about this. And it was like every day we were stopping our texts as they're heading out the door to remind them basically of their job responsibilities. And then one day I kind of had that aha moment of no, why the heck am I doing this? You know, and uh, we really shifted it to where let's lay it all out, make it very transparent about what's expected. And then it's now up to you to watch those details and not us. And uh, yeah. that made no, it for sure. so much more enjoyable for them well, and me. Yeah, Martha. <laughs> Think, think about, so look, at we're 10 years in and I'm still going to go back to the drawing board on our org chart for Rosalata, right? We're going to, we got to go back and work on uh, middle management to me is the most important, yeah. crucial point when you are going to scale your business, it's the middle layer. Mm -hmm. On route, you know, with Funk and I, we're, we're setting up expectations day one. I learned a lot from what happened in the past where, you know, we're, we want to get it right the first time, right? Like we want to set up expectations. Because nothing worse is when a person doesn't know exactly their role or what's yeah. expected of them. If you get out of their way because you set them up for success and you let them know what their role is, uh, you shouldn't hear from them too often, right? It, I mean, it almost should just be your monthly, your monthly huddle up, right? Or a weekly stand up for five minutes to get you an idea of where, where they're at. What do you need help? What's your blockers? Things like that. Yeah. Um, but we're learning. But you should be doing that day one. Funk and I at Route, we got four full-time people in the office and then we have remote workers our off our full-time office team we old machine everybody knows what their job is we're working 24 7 uh, but we know what we're doing other side i didn't do that in the beginning that was one of my faults as a family business owner is i just assumed hey you got you're, you got that right you're, good. you're gonna get that done okay cool like assumption is the root of all evil like it, it it'll hurt your business assuming that people know what they're supposed to be doing yeah um i ju just wanted to piggyback on on that um you want to get out of the way right uh, and and we do we do have remote uh people that work remote and we want to hire to grow we don't want to hire to manage i don't like to be in that micromanaging person that's right. on top of them um you have to set a blueprint you have to set them up for success uh, you have to set up systems 
and then let them do their job. Yeah. You hire them for them to do their job. And, you know, I was, I was chatting because uh, Ricky was talking too much, but uh, I wrote it on the <laughs> chat. Uh, <laughs> but uh, so when you want to hire people who are smarter than you. And so if they're smarter than you, get out of the way. Let them do their work. Right, right. And, and that was part of it. On my, in my early days, I hired people that I'd never hire in, you know, this day and age. And, and so that's probably part of why I felt like I had to constantly nag. But again, once you make that shift and, and another thing that did it for me is once I, I fired somebody and they were shocked. And, you know, this was a long time ago, but uh, they were shocked. And I took that really hard because with them being shocked, and I, I mean, I felt like it was so obvious, but that was good for me because they were so shocked. And then that changed the way that I communicated then from that point forward, because as business owners and managers, you know, our direct reports, they should never not know how they're doing. But I, feel, I, feel, I feel like there's a fine line, right? There's a balance because on, on, on one side, you want to be human. You, you want to love your team and, and we're people. But on the other side, you have to do what's best for the company because if the company goes down, then everyone goes down. And well, it, it, it sucks, but sometimes you have to be tough. You know, you, you can't be that nice guy all the time because uh, people end up taking advantage of you. Um, I mean, yeah. we had cases that, you know, someone just was not doing their job and we let them know and they weren't executing and they were taking too much time off or, or working remotely. No, and and, yeah. and sometimes you just had to say, you know, enough is enough. And the same thing happened. Like we said, you know, I'm sorry, we're going to have to let you go. And it was like, what? Like, yeah. what do you mean? And so it's, it's, it's difficult. But, uh, it's not an easy task. Go ahead, Ricky. Uh, but no, but a lot of people will say too, uh, when you do fire somebody, they actually should know that they were getting fired. Like, yeah. you know, they should expect it if, if they truly knew yeah. what was happening. You know? I know. And I think it's, it's our job to fire ourselves as owners, anybody who's an owner, right? Just because you're an owner doesn't mean you are a CEO. You're a CEO because... You're the owner and you put yourself as a CEO. I'm the first to tell you, my cousin Tony laughs all the time. He's like, I don't need any C, anything. You know, give me an A, a B, a D. I don't need to be a C because uh, we're, we're owners, right? We have the, the passion and the heart behind the company. There's a moment you fire yourself as an owner and you bring in the leadership and the experience that helps take your business to the next level because we as owners from the day one can only get our businesses to a certain degree or a point, but that's up to you as an owner of where you want to get to and where you want to scale to. You should expect to someday soon fire yourself yeah. from, from well, that and position. Martha, yeah. And Martha taught us that I don't fire anybody anymore. They fire themselves. Like that yeah. first time I fired somebody. That's a great point. That's surprised, a great point. Like that is our criteria now in my company. When somebody comes to me and says like, if it asks, I love this middle management, we could like go on forever. But if somebody says like, so-and-so uh, needs to be fired, I'm like, would they be surprised if we told them that? If the answer is yes, and that means we failed and they're not allowed to be fired, like that's on us, not on them. So Martha, you really took all of that responsibility off of us so that they could hold themselves accountable. They know the path to success. They know the path out. 
and um, and they're choosing their own destiny. Um, I like this idea of us giving them like options of what that destiny could be. Uh, and Martha, yeah, we could go into all of that, like the career ladder, the career path, choose your yeah. box, the org structure. Martha and I have been doing a lot of fun stuff with org structures and like how do we how do we motivate management to motivate people or how do we build leaders in our company? I, yeah. yeah. I, it's a shame that this is at the end. <laughs> I know. I know. Well, and and I lastly want to say, just so that our listeners are not confused at all, when I say to quit nagging your people, that doesn't mean just let things slide. That's not what that means. It means that you need, if you have a clear, transparent, how are you successful? How are you in trouble, not successful? If those things are clear, then it really should be them picking their menu options, basically. Are you going this way? Or are you going that way? And uh, and they're making the choice every day, it, not you coddling them. Yeah. So, well... Okay, I guess we'll end on that because uh, we're about to run out of time, but this has been great. And uh, we probably need to do Ricky 2 uh, second version sometime in the next few months so that we can get you back on. Um, Tay, do you want to take over? And I will. You got it. So we're going to take over. I'm going to take over right now and we're going to go over homework, guys. So you're. Uh, Ricky Squared here. You're more than welcome to give some homework. We'll kind of go around first so that way you guys get the feel for what that's going to look like. Um, but for listeners, this is the time for you really to put into action what you heard today. So it's very important that you're not just listening to this podcast. You're not just kind of like taking in more information and not being actionable with it. So for homework, we do ask that you only choose one piece. Um, we're about to give you six pieces of homework, and that's a lot to accomplish within one week before the next show. So really focus on one that spoke to you, one that you know is something you've kind of had on your plate that needs to get done, and you just haven't been avoiding it kind of, and today was that spark you needed to get it done. Um, but do only choose one. If you do need help, we do have a accountability group that's within Facebook. That is a private group. So you can feel free to join that, ask questions if needed. And yeah, we'll go from there. So marketing homework, we talked a lot about what the company brand is, what the company story is. And Ricky really went in depth on what their story looks like at Regal Auto Cleaning. And that's, I think, one of the first times we've actually had that on the show. So it's really, I, if you haven't heard someone's story, haven't heard how someone pitches their story, go back and listen to that again, because it's really going to give you an opportunity to hear how he speaks to potential clients about their business and how he presents the business in a very structured format during sales meetings. So that to me is where I want you guys to kind of live for this week. If marketing is something you need to work on, this is something that is free. This is something that doesn't cost any money. And it's something that really allows you to look at the business and create that story on how you want others to see the business, what you see in the business, but also what others see. Ask questions. What does your family see in the business? What do they see when you bring up your, you know, your power washing company, your cleaning company, your HVAC company? What are some of the things that they talk about? You know, get some feedback from others within the community and your, your close knit group of friends. 
that will help you kind of get a fuller picture of what your story is, who you are, and how you can start to use that in your marketing process. Um, I did get Amanda's before she jumped off. And so the sales homework is going to be to ask for the sale. That's what Amanda said. She said, plain and simple, just ask for it. Put the information out there. If you don't ask, there's there's no opportunity for them to say no. Yeah, I love that. Um, and I love your homework, Tay. We had some new hires this week and we redid our like employee onboarding system where we really focus on the like the company story and like, you know, how exciting it is to work for our company and like what makes our company different and makes it not a job. And as Ricky was talking, I was like, I don't think we've ever talked about that from the client side. Like we're really good about like, you know, translating that on to like our ambassadors of our brand, but we need to do a better job of communicating that with our clients. So I love that homework today. That was great. Um, for your money homework this week, I love the ask for the sale. So that should be the last thing you end with is you and then ask and then you shut up. It's so hard for me to shut up, but you ask and then you're quiet. So I love that for Amanda. And for me, after you ask and after you shut up uh, the next day or 15 minutes later or an hour later or three hours later, you need to follow up. And you need to follow up way more than you think you need to follow up. So your homework this week is to look at and be real with yourself. What is your current follow-up sequence? Is it one? Is it two? Is it three? Is it clearly automated? Have you put any creativity into it? And when you get scared, because we all get scared about harassing our clients, I want you to think about they called you because they had a need until you actually fulfill the need, have you helped them? Like shift your mindset around serving your clients. And um, and and if you need like inspiration or confidence, you can borrow some of mine, uh, 17 touches, average number it takes of follow-ups before a client gives me money. And, and they're happy, they're thrilled. Once they give me the money, they're so happy because I solved their problem. They're just busy and there's a lot of noise in their life. So don't be afraid to break through some of that noise to help them. And my homework is going to be, you know, I realized that um, I was already thinking this, Megan, before you said you do a good job of telling your story when you're onboarding your employees. Honestly, I didn't. And I'm sitting here thinking I really could have even in ads, uh, definitely on my employment page, I really would have. I should have leaned into the story of how I was kind of a bad leader in the beginning and how we evolved. And uh, I think um, I, I think if an employee is reading kind of, it doesn't have to be your evolution, but I probably would have talked about the evolution because it was a before and after story and uh, and we made it a great place to work. Um, and I think it's more believable when you talk about the evolution, not the very great place to work kind of thing. So my um, homework would be how you always read bad reviews. That's like, yeah, how you always read how the owner what how the owner responds to bad reviews, because I feel like that's kind of what you're hitting on right now is like, yeah, owner being realistic about the transformation within their role and leadership in the company. Like, yeah. that's, that does say a lot more than so consider telling your story as of how you've evolved within your company culture. And see how you can weave that into attracting 
top talent because I think they want to hear that story. So that's a homework. Okay. Uh, Ricky Funk, which you want to give homework? Oh, <laughs> um, so I, I guess my homework will be uh, for the, I, I love the ask and follow up. I, I did a hashtag privately, ask and follow up. My homework will be for people to create a system, not just uh, randomly pop in that follow up. Uh, let me follow up three weeks later. Let me follow up. I feel like I should follow up now. Create a framework, create a system. Uh, even it all starts from the cell, right? Uh, email, mail. Uh, cold calling, uh, knocking on doors. We used to do everything. Attack from every angle to get the sell. And if you don't, you're not gonna probably you're not you might not get it that same day. Then have a system, a framework to follow up uh, every I don't know after three weeks, after two months, after six months. Have a newsletter that automatically goes every month for the next year. So create that framework for your company. I'm good. That's uh. So I'm going to go kind of where Tay and Martha were going. I'm going to say brand identity, right? So branding is one thing. Brand identity is the next level of truly understanding who you are as a company. Because it's the number one thing I would say. If anybody asks, how did you guys become, you know, how did you grow? How did you become successful? It's our brand. It's who we are. People know us everywhere here in Chicago. Uh, out of the country, people fly in from out of the country to, to learn about our company and our culture. Uh, our office looks, you know, we made it look like a tech company, right? We made it look like a place that people want to come to. The, the gear that we print, we have a screen printing in-house. We do all of our branding in-house. It's a part of our everyday apparel, as you can see. Yeah. You know, it's wearing route. But no, like, you want to be the cleaner, right? Everybody's got a lawyer, an accountant, they got a mechanic i am the cleaner for them right like we we here in chicago everybody knows if if you know who our, our brand is you know that we're a cleaning company right mm -hmm. you know that we are we provide a service we solve problems uh but better yet because we've done that and, and stuck to it social media website we, that is where we live and breathe and we share our stories there you guys is we we document 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 every single day we have fun in the office we're, we're capturing videos every single day posting them everybody's posting because in return not only does that help with clients it helps with hiring people want to work for a company that they feel like they're they're going to have fun and enjoy the moment you know not a, nobody likes to work work right. they like to be a part of something right so make make your brand something that people want to be a part of it does not matter how small you may be you can look the part you can fake the funk right mm -hmm. where i heard it from somebody that always said oh it was karen so i interviewed somebody on my podcast karen martinez awesome woman fellow latina she built a hundred plus million dollar clean company in new jersey from zero wow and she said rick every time i went into an office to bid every time i went and i i competed against a larger company if i was a one million dollar company i acted like i was 10. if i was 10 i acted like i was 20. if i was 20 i acted like i was 50. if i was 50 i acted like 100 million I always acted like I was bigger and it just stuck to the brand and they assumed we were a larger brand mm -hmm. and that's because of the identity of the brand. So I would say brand identity is uh, my takeaway work on your brand identity. That's great. And uh, before Tay closes us out, um, I wanted to say one little thing. So Ricky, 
you reached out and you made a connection with someone within the industry. And to our listeners, if you've not, if, if you haven't made strong connections within the industry or home service industry in general, that is imperative. You know, I feel like with these ladies that are on the podcast, we all found each other different ways and make connections and that can help you grow your business as well. It just exponentially. So I, we didn't get a chance to touch on that, but making those connections through your industry is huge. Yeah. And I think that's going to lead into Tay's next question, but I'm going to remind you that was a ton of homework. That was a ton of content. That was a bunch of action items. If you just consumed this, you're not our ideal listener. We need you to take this and, and implement it, like do something. So choose one homework item and go slay it. And then we'll see you next week and we'll give you more homework assignments. But please don't just be a passive listener. It's not just going to happen via osmosis. Do something different this week because these guys gave us their time generously. And and that's our way of like thanking them is go implement. All right, Tay. Absolutely. So Martha's right. Um, as far as connection, it's super important. So if someone does want to connect with uh, Ricky Squared here, what would be the best way for someone to get in contact with you all? I, I heard that you have a website, Ricky Regalado. Yeah. 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 So I, I, I have a website. Ricky, shut up. You do too. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, uh, no, getroute.com. You guys put it up. Uh, we also are big on community connecting. Martha, right? Look at we connected. Yes. I think, uh, I think a couple people connected us actually. That wasn't even just one. But we are we know other people in each other's circles. We have yet to meet each other in person, but because we took the extra step to communicate and connect, look where we are today. So I couldn't agree with you more is community. Ten years ago, I would tell you this was not the case. Nobody was sharing information, nobody would let people into their office. Now it's different. Uh, mm -hmm. We've got podcasts, we've got networks, we've got communities. Uh, yesterday, we were just with the uh, president of ISSA Hygienia. Uh, it's, a, it's the women empowerment section of ISSA. I was with Kim, we were with Maureen. We were talking about this, is networking, events, connecting. Our company will grow, or our industry is going to grow by us working with each other, sharing. There's just too much damn business in this industry for us to not be sharing and connecting. Uh, so getroute.com, cleaningcocktails.com, rickyrigolato.com, rickyfunk.com, uh, rosalato.com. There's, there's many dot-coms. You can't you hire us. You can find, you'll be able to find us. All, All right. Well, everybody uh, go fight, as I say, and uh, we will see you next week. All Next right. Time. Thank you so much for having us, Martha. Thank oh, thank you. you guys. Thank you guys. Have a great week. You too. Bye-bye. For business, join our Facebook group where we have weekly homework, accountabilities, and an awesome community to help you fight for your business. Facebook.com slash Fight Club for, as in the number four, business. Fight Club for business.